Rich or Miss? Episode 135 Hey, Richers! I'm Chayut, and as always, it's a pleasure to start my week with you. Today, we have the second part of our mountain project. I was so excited to receive your comments and recommendations on last week's Mountains episode, and I'm sure you're gonna love this episode as well. Climbing Mountains and Entrepreneurial Success, the second part. Listen to a few more of the most amazing mountain stories you heard. This is the second part of the Reach or Miss Mountains project. From the incredible story about the film Menji, the Mountain Man, to climbing day after day for a week the beautiful mountains of Montana in Yellowstone, to climb the mountain of going from a hobby to leaving your solid 9-to-5 job and start trading full-time for a living, to climb the huge mountain of losing the love of your life and then, four years later, to be diagnosed with cancer, or making a promise to climb the Kilimanjaro. I've made a decision in my life that I'm not going to be afraid of the things I have never done before. Many successful entrepreneurs climb mountains, while others use mountains as a metaphor to describe what is necessary to conquer the peak, including the fatiguing yet rewarding journey to the top. Still, other entrepreneurs use mountains as an allegory for a significant goal they wish to achieve, such as becoming a billion-dollar market cap company, and you should listen to the amazing story of Melissa Smith later on. For many years, I myself compared the act of taking possession of your potential customers' minds and of building awareness, likability, and trust of a leading brand to the act of climbing the highest mountains. You climb step by step to the peak, reach your position as a market leader, hopefully, and then start climbing a new mountain with a new product or another brand. The idea of mountains as representation of a strong position in the market is mentioned by Al Rees and Jack Trout in their excellent book, Marketing Warfare. A quote, In military warfare, mountains and higher altitudes areas represent strong position and often are used to present a strong defense. In marketing warfare, the question is who holds the mountain in the customer's mind? So, at some point, I started to ask the successful entrepreneurs I interviewed about their habits or dreams of climbing mountains. I invite you to listen to these inspiring stories. Find which entrepreneurs and stories you identify with most and review your entrepreneurial objectives, market overview, and plan. By making your business as strong as possible, you will be able to quickly and easily achieve entrepreneurial success. Now, let's meet Smita Nair Jin, who said, one should never give up 
no matter how impossible to climb on, their mountain seems to be. Smita Nairjain is currently the Senior Divisional Vice President at Sears Holding India. Prior to that, she was Chief Operating Officer at Barclay in India. Smita is passionate today about four topics, social media, inclusion and diversity, mentoring, and having a greater engagement with the youth of today. Smita, I'm asking you whether you ever climbed a mountain or wish to climb a mountain or have any good metaphor about climbing mountains or any relationships with mountains at all. Actually, that's a fabulous question. And here comes my real story, because this is not an organizational-driven story. This is my personal view. Whoa. Um, you know, so, Hayut, uh, you know, you have only seen my bust-size uh, photograph, okay? <laughs> You've not seen me fully. I'm completely unfit. <laughs> I'm significantly overweight. <laughs> and therefore, I don't do anything that defies gravity. <laughs> there is no way that I would be caught you know mountaineering yesterday today or tomorrow oh. so here's my story about but I love this question about you know mountaineering and you know I'm going to answer it metaphorically because I don't I don't dream of climbing any mountain <laughs> but metaphorically I'll share the story of mine as I shared with you earlier my husband is a cinematographer yeah and about five years back or six years back maybe He, uh, he shot a movie called Maji, the Mountain Man. Oh. So it's the story of this man called Maji. He's an Indian belonging to a very, very underdeveloped part of India. It's a village. It's a rural area. Um, and it, the story is, I think, based in the, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, where, you know, he, he lived in a slum, in a little tent kind of a house. Yeah. And... Uh, He married the love of his life and, uh, you know, he had a child with her and she was pregnant the second time. And where he used to work, it was, you know, he had to cross a mountain every day, oh. go to the other side. And that's where his place of work was. And every afternoon, his wife would get him his lunch by crossing this mountain oh. um, and coming to the other side and giving him lunch and then going back. And once when she was heavily pregnant with her second child, um, you know, she was crossing the mountain, her, oh. her foot slipped, she fell down and she oh. died. And, and so did the baby. And ever since then, and, and, and this man, uh, Maji, was so much in love with his wife that he could never forgive this mountain for what it did to his wife. And therefore, he knew that, you know, he... This was the fate of every other person in the village who fell ill or who was crossing the mountain and, uh, you know, met with an accident because the hospital was very far away on the other oh. side of the mountain. And therefore, he pledged that he would single-handedly break the mountain to create a road from one side of the village to the next village. And he took about 15 years to do that because... I mean, no one, the state administration didn't help him. His friends and family ridiculed him. They deserted him um, because they thought that he was completely out of his mind. But it took him 15 years. But he flattened that mountain. And now what we have is a plain road um, that connects the two villages. 
and therefore the hospital has become nearer to the people, schools have become nearer to the people, offices and places of work have been become nearer to the people, they don't have to travel as much, they don't have to climb that mountain, and no more lives are really endangered to that extent. Yeah. And every time I, I watch that movie, wow. And my husband was got uh, awarded for that movie because he his uh, cinematography was spectacular in that movie. Can we put a link to the movie in the show notes? Oh yes, oh yes, wow. I, I, I I shall share with you the link in the movie. It's available on YouTube. Wow, wow, let's do that. What a story. And you know, every time I watch that movie, I just think that you know one must have the courage when one sees a barrier of that size, <clears throat> we should not get frightened. And run away and just accept that this is fate. Wow. We should actually have the courage, irrespective of whether people support us or not. Despite people ridiculing us and not supporting us and deserting us, if we think that this is morally a correct thing to do for us and for you know our future generations and our current generations, then we should absolutely go ahead and do it. Even if it takes, even if it is only we ourselves as one person who, uh, you know, takes up that exercise, because if the future generations are going to be benefited from it, then, you know, we should do that. So while I have faced many barriers, I mean, all of us as humans face various barriers in our lives from time to time. I have not yet found this mountain in my life, but I think, I mean, I would be really happy if I find such a mountain in my life, which I need to beat up and break and simplify lives. For uh, you know our current and our future generations, that's my mountaineering story. Are you? Wow, Smita, what a story! And I have this mountain, and I'm going to call you and think together with you. How am I going to break this mountain? Because I've been trying to break it for a very long time. Fabulous. And I'm sure a lot of us do have a mountain like that. Dwen J. Clark. From growing up poor to employees more than 3,000 staff members that served over 60,000 residents, Dwayne believes that good always trumps evil. Wow. Well, first of all, I think it's a brilliant question because <laughs> there's so many ways that you could take this, you know, whether you take it metaphorically or whether you take it physically. Um, I'm not a mountain climber. Um, I did set my Peloton treadmill to 12% grade this morning, if that counts. Um, <laughs> it but is, I'm not, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a mountain climber, but I, I do have a story about a mountain climber that is very inspirational to me. I have a good friend. His name is Fred, and uh, he's the CEO of one of the largest uh, latex glove companies in the world. Um, very successful company, and he's a very close friend of mine. And when he was about 46 or 47, he's uh, 56, 57 now, so this is about 10 years ago, he, he said to me one day, I'm going to become a mountain climber. Hmm. And I said, you know, when your friends say things like that, you go, yeah, whatever, you know, because a, <laughs> a lot of people say it's the, things, It's the right? 50 you know? crisis, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got almost, the, I'm going to become a mountain climber. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to become a Formula One driver. Let's go do those things. You know? <laughs> so he tells me this, and then I see him the following week, and He's, he's walking 10 miles with a 100-pound pack on his back. And I'm looking at him I'm like, what, what are you doing? He's got these ankle weights on and stuff. He's like, I'm practicing to climb a mountain, to climb, you know, <laughs> uh, one of the highest peaks in the world. I'm like, 
you're serious about this. He's like, yeah, I'm serious. I'm going to do it. So over the course of the last 10 years, he's climbed all out of the seven peaks. He's climbed six of the seven peaks and been to Everest base camp. So you could say six and a half of the world seven peaks. Six and a half. Definitely six and a half. And and he took his son with him when he did Everest base camp, who was 12 at the time. And he's climbed Kilimanjaro with his son and other. And he's trying to install, and he talks about the pain his son's gone through and so on. He's trying to install this this stalwart attitude about, you know, hey, you can push through pain and you can do these things. And he's he's a hero of mine because, you know, I think mm-hmm. what, one of the things, there's so many of us that have these Walter Mitty moments, you know, that dream of, oh, you know, I'm going to be whatever, a weightlifter, a Formula One driver, you know, a, a, whatever your dream is, a rock star, whatever, especially as we get in, in midlife or 50s or 60s or whatever you are. But here's a guy who said, hey, I'm not too old to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. I know it's going to take immense commitment, immense training, some physical pain, a, a great amount of time. And again, he's a busy CEO. He's very successful. But he did it. And so mm-hmm. I, I tell that story a lot because, you know, he's, he, he just has amazing fortitude and he doesn't really look and say, hey, I'm this old. And, you know, it wasn't like he was a marathon runner before. He, I mean, he kind of worked out average. Um, he walks a lot. But he wasn't, he wasn't Joe athlete. Um, if you, if you, if you yeah. met him, you wouldn't think, oh, you're a mountain climber. Um, but <laughs> I, I, it's so, so inspirational for me. It is. It is. It's inspiring. Here's a guy that just said, hey, I'm going to do it. And I know it's going to take a tremendous commitment. But I did it. So that that's my mountain story. It's a beautiful mountain story, and thank you for that. Yes. And my next guest is Vladimir Botswazi, who said, We need to climb mountains, not so the world can see us, but so we can see the world. The best view always comes after the hardest climb, so we have to put in the work. Vladimir Botswazi is a serial entrepreneur, leading authority on digital marketing and top influencer, professor, Fortune 500 consultant, trainer, the CEO of Botswazi Marketing Solutions. Yeah, we need, to, we need to climb mountains, not so the world can see us, but so we can see the world. We need to conquer ourselves. We are desire, right? It is the essence of the human soul, the secret of our existence. Absolutely nothing of human greatness is, is ever accomplished without it. Desire fuels our search for the life we prize. And the best view comes after the hardest climb. So everyone should put in the work, you know. Whether, whether it is climbing the high mountains or even uh, uh, like succeeding in life, in business, they need to put in the work. We are all desire. If we, if we don't have a desire, we will never achieve anything, you know. And when we have desire, nothing will stop us, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so winners. Nobody can stop winners from winning. That is That's uh, right. That, that is alpha and omega of motivation, of determination, persistence, perseverance, and uh, of energy, you know. Energy, energy. If, if people have curiosity, high energy, uh, like um, if they are totally determined, nobody will stop them, you know. And mm-hmm. I see so many successful entrepreneurs and influencers and thought leaders in social media who work every single day, uh, no matter what, 
keep moving forward, you know, and uh, inspiring their audiences, their communities. And uh, that is fantastic. That is always contagious. And um, I'm proud to be part of such communities as well across social media platforms. Angela Myers founded the global movement Choose to Matter in 2014. The non-profit organization grew out of the impassionate response to a TED talk she gave on the power of two simple words that went viral, You Matter. Angela has been listed as one of IBM's top 20 global influencers named by Forbes as one of the top five education leaders to watch in 2017 and 2018, and is among Huffington Post's top 100 social media influencers. I just came from the mountains. Oh. And I just uh, spent a week in Yellowstone, mm. in this just beautiful mountains of Montana, and went hiking every day. And each day we took a different path and each day we pushed ourselves differently from the first day all the way on. And that really is a choice. Like there were only two of us. There was a group of about a hundred people that went on this um, week long camping uh, get together that happens once a year. And two every day I'm asking, you want to go hike with me? You want to go climb with me? Nope. Nobody wants to do it because they see it's a mountain and then it's just too hard. So I think that really represents a lot of the population. A lot of the population doesn't have the endurance, doesn't have the vision, doesn't have the adaptability to even the confidence to try. They see a mountain and they're like, that's too hard. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I'm comfortable here right on the flat ground. And the people that did come with me every day, I, we took it at their own pace. You don't climb a mountain in one trip. You do it in by pacing, but climbing and hiking are about pacing and it's about self-awareness. It's about being aware of what your abilities are, but also pushing your abilities beyond that mm. to continue to say like, I, even if it's a few steps more than I can go today and the feeling of exhilaration even if you didn't make it to the top, but the feeling of exhilaration every single day that I went a little bit further and I climbed a little bit harder and I tried this, it is going through those peaks and valleys that it ultimately builds your endurance. And as we talked about, passion is about enduring suffering. The root word of passion is pain. Mm. And the testament to who we are as passionate entrepreneurs is correlated to the amount of pain that we can endure. And it doesn't necessarily mean physical pain. It can be emotional pain. It, it can be physical pain. It's exhausting being an entrepreneur, <laughs> but it's about balancing all of those peaks and valleys so that you can endure a little bit more the next day and a little bit more the next day and a little bit more and not think that you're going to just climb a mountain without that practice and without that pacing. And it's just a reminder of what, and it's so funny because when you're in the mountains, the actual mountains, it's just the most beautiful time to reflect on your journey. Hmm, right. Entrepreneur, your journey as a human being, there's something about being at the top of a peak and looking over and then looking down and think, oh my God, I did, I came this far. We need to do that for each other. We need to do that on our own. We need to 
whatever our peak is, we need to stay up there, not always be thinking, what can I do next? What can I do next? But reinforce to ourselves that we've come from somewhere, that we've come from some place. And even though there might have been low, low valleys, that it it is about the climb. I know that sounds so cliche, but it's not. It really about that. It really, really is. I do agree with you. Dorothea Mozicolone Volp is a strategic digital marketing executive who is fluent in four languages and specializes in developing business through digital, influencer, and social media marketing. Dorothea, at some point I started to ask my guests in this podcast, in this show, whether they ever climbed a mountain or wished to climb a mountain or have any plans of climbing mountains or do you actually have any relationships with mountains at all? And I'm talking about physically mountain, literally a mountain. Right. And, and I think we talked earlier, I'm dying now to go back and see what Guy Kawasaki, Mark Schaefer and Chris Brogan had to say in, in response to that. But um, yeah, some beautiful, I think Mark Schaefer has a beautiful answer for this one, for that one. I actually put it a few times over and over because he has a unique question. I think uh, Guy Kawasaki, I didn't have this question when I interviewed him. I'm not sure about Chris. But Mark definitely answered this question in a very beautiful way. And there were some great stories about that, I must yeah. tell you. Well, I, I certainly don't want to let you down. I grew up around mountains in Italy in an area called Abruzzi, which if you follow or read any of the books of Ernest Hemingway, it's mentioned in a book called For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. And so my relationship with mountains is somewhat romantic, <laughs> but also when you think in a more literal sense, um, you know, I, I've had my fair share of them in my personal life, obviously. Hmm. Uh, first, excuse me, you know, the first mountain was losing George. Yeah, it's a high one. And that was the Mount Kilimanjaro, right? Right. Um, the biggest, even perhaps the Everest. And then three years ago, I was actually four now, goodness me, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Oh. And... And that was a big mountain as well, because as an entrepreneur, it was very difficult for me to take that kind of time away from my business. You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't I couldn't really square that and, and understand, like, you know, that I had to do this because uh, if I didn't, I may not survive. Yeah. And in each instance, I think the thing that really got me through was the thing that I love the most. And, and that is my work. Hmm. And so actually your work is your, your kind of stick helping you to climb your mountains? Oh, indeed. Indeed. That's a very good euphemism. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from please you. Please do. Please do. Steal whatever you want. I would like to ask you if there is anything else that you would like to emphasize and we didn't talk about. I think that, you know, what I would say to other entrepreneurs, you know, when it comes to mountains or obstacles, don't give up. Never give up. Anything is possible. I am the perfect example of somebody who came from a completely different industry, you know, mm -hmm. and just had this, this idea, this had this someone beside me that was willing to, 
you know, uh, give me the courage to do it. But don't give up. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. My next guest is Paul Butterby, who said, one in 10,000 tech startups are in profit in the first year. We are profitable in our first year. Paul is the founder of Trade the Fifth, an Elliott Wave program designed to educate traders and investors on the financial markets so they can take responsibility for their own portfolio and trading accounts by learning how to ride the profitable fifth wave setup. When I was a young man, and I'm not young anymore, <laughs> um, I, I used to, I climbed, climbed a lot of uh, mountains in the UK. Really? So there's a thing called the Three Peaks. When I was in the army, you would, uh, you would go to three of the biggest peaks in the UK, and it was a competition. Oh. So I, I did that from an early age. I probably wouldn't be able to do that right now because it's, you know, they're quite tough. You know, things like Snowden and... And that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a young person, I loved those challenges. So we used to say in the army, look down and it's not uphill. Okay. So if you so if you look at your feet, don't look yeah. up, it's not uphill. So just keep mm-hmm. looking at your feet and putting one foot in front of the other and you'll get to the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the discipline you're talking about, sure. It's the discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now From a metaphorical point of view, what I really love right now is to watch our customers turn from part-time traders that work a full-time job but get up early in the morning, two or three hours before they go to work, and they trade. So going from that to trading full-time for a living, that's one of the biggest mountains that I like our I would like to watch and experience with our customers. And that, that's, that's massive for me because... I've climbed that mountain. I live a great life now, but I'm actually helping other people do it. And for me, that is amazing because I felt that pain and I can help them where I can. And you know, to get those success stories you know, almost every week to, for helping our customers climb their mountains is, is, is so much more rewarding sure. <laughs> than climbing it yourself, you know, hmm. because... We, you know, when you've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, it's very easy just to sit back and say, just do it. <laughs> okay, you can do it. I've done it. But it's not that easy for everybody. Life takes over. You know, sure. we all have things in life that takes over. Uh, but having the focus and the discipline and helping people through those doubts, if you like, um, you know, somebody, somebody might go on a losing run for, for five or seven days. And I might say to them, right, just take the week off. Take the next week off. Do not switch your computer on. Go and do your normal job. Come back, refocus, try and understand from your mistakes, and then move forward. So we, we do that. You know, and this is why we're standing out on our training events when I go to the USA, because I try as much as I can to interact with our customers, because I want them all to achieve their dream, you know, 99% of people that go into trading stocks and shares and Forex and all the other things have that dream to be from going from part-time to yeah. full-time. And that's a big mountain It to is. climb because you can imagine you've got a great job. You're on $120,000 a year or whatever it is. Uh, you've got a wife, you've got children, you've got responsibilities. That's a massive move because 
this moment in time when you're you're trading part time and you are uh, working full time, you know, you turn up to work, you get paid. Hmm. Okay. As a trader, if you turn up to work, you don't get paid unless you make the right decision. Hmm. So all of a sudden, there's there's a lot more stress on sure. you. So what I this is why we have a rules based system with discipline, and you must follow the rules using the software. And if people do that uh, with some support, they can climb that mountain and become full time. Uh, and you know, watching that journey is really really rewarding. And my last guest on our mountain episode today is Melinda Emerson. The small biz lady. Melinda is America's number one small business expert. She has published over 5,000 articles on small business on her blog. Her advice is widely read, reaching more than 3 million entrepreneurs each week online. She is the best-selling author of Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, second edition, and her latest book, is fix your business. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I have done some, you know, rock climbing and rappelling, but never a true mountain. Um, but my brother, a few years ago, when he went to graduate school, went to Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. And wow. he and a bunch of his wow. MBA buddies, they climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And ever since he told me that story, I said to myself, if I get to Tanzania, I get to Kenya, I get close enough, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Wow. But you are really going to climb it, and he climbed it. Well, I, all I have to do is get invited to Tanzania or Kenya to speak, and I, that's it. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going there. You should send me a photo when you get there. It's not easy to climb the Kilimanjaro. No, it's not. It's not. So I'm going to do the baby part. You know, I'm not I'm not a hardcore Mount Everest type climber. Um, but I, I definitely I want I've made a decision in my life that I'm not going to be afraid of things that I've never done before. Hmm. I'm just going to do the best that I can. And I also think that climbing this mountain of being the small business lady and being known as one and the leader as a small business expert, I think it's a mountain by itself, isn't it? Oh, without question. Hmm. I mean, when I first started talking about it in 2007, I mean, people looked at me like, what? You're going to be America's number one small business expert. I didn't even have a blog back then. I, I just had my mm -hmm. book and it hadn't come out yet. And my first book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. And, and uh, people were, were like, oh, yeah, really? You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, by 2010, it was true. And then it was like, then it just became bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you know, next thing you know, I'm flying all over the world to China, France, you know, Chile, Nigeria, you know, speaking and giving people business advice. And all of a sudden people are like, dude, she's a small business lady. She's America's number one small business expert. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. Hey, Richards. I hope you enjoyed this second part of my mountains episode. Now. You can choose what you would like to do next. As I see it, you have four options. First, you can of course do nothing in regards to this show. Simply do whatever you had previously planned or just switch to the next podcast. Second, you can enjoy the stories, be inspired by them 
and gain the courage and strength necessary to take your entrepreneurship to a much higher level. Third, you can choose one or more of the inspiring successful interviewees to connect with and ask questions about so that you can learn from them. They all have plenty of free professional content on their sites. And you can even inquire about whether they can be your mentor if they offer that service. And last but not least, you can choose to download my free guide to the seven elements of entrepreneurial business success. This will help you create the best plan for the coming months, one that will help you achieve your goals during the first half of 2020. So, until next week's episode. Bye! And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye! Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.